Great morning, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Cellini, the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn and Seton Hall University, class of 1985. My great pleasure to be back with you again today. The purpose of our show, Thank God for Monday, is to inspire you, our audience, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope, healing, peace in these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times, and motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Listeners, it's really up to you as to how to utilize the information we provide today. Take full accountability for the decisions you make and the resulting outcomes. Now, one of the goals of our show, thank God, for Monday is to introduce role models. Role models of people who take very bold steps in their work lives. And this is a very special time this end of March, which is Women's History Month. And as such, we are honored today to have with us a very, very special guest. Her name is Alexa Carlin. Alexa is a public speaker. TV personality, and founder and chief executive officer of Women in Power X, WEX, the premier community for women entrepreneurs. She's also an author. She has written a very timely book entitled Adaptable, How to Lead with Curiosity, Pivot with Purpose, and Thrive Through Change. Great morning and welcome to Thank God for Monday, Alexa. Thanks for having me. The honor is all ours, certainly. Kindly share with the listeners and me from what city and state you're speaking from today. I'm coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina. You've just made the host and a lot of listeners very, very jealous in most <laughs> beautiful parts of the country, certainly. Sadly, Alexa, we've only got 30 minutes. We could spend hours talking about your incredible life, this wonderful book of yours. So we're going to just jump right into the deep end of the pool, if that's okay with you. Yeah, definitely. Let's do it. We understand you were in a medical coma at one time and literally given a 1% chance to live. Share with us all about this, please. So when I was in college, just a few months away from graduating, I had this deadly bacteria that got into my bloodstream out of nowhere. And I was rushed to the emergency room, uh, still not knowing what was going on. And uh, within a few hours, they, my mom actually happened to be visiting me this weekend and they took my mom into a separate room from where I was. And they were doing all these tests on me. I was having a very hard time being able to breathe. And they told my mom that uh, she should call my the rest of my family because they have to induce me into a medical coma and my body was going into septic shock. And so it was like this one moment, we were actually planning this, this party I was hosting for a milestone we hit in my blog. And the next moment I am being induced into a medical coma. And it was really out of nowhere. And I was in a coma for six days in the, in the ICU for a total of 10. And during this time, they gave me a 1% chance to live. 
Oh, my goodness gracious. Now, this is when you were in college. Correct. So you were relatively very young at that time. 21 years old. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. Now, if I understand correctly, the happy ending is that you are thriving today in a lot of different ways, health-wise and other ways. Is there anything you need to do today to maintain your great health? Oh, there's a lot. So actually six months after I was discharged from the hospital, I wish I could say I was onto a full recovery, but I was actually diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And so this has been the hardest, most challenging thing I've ever had to deal with because it's chronic, it's debilitating. Anyone that deals with something that there's really no cure for can really relate to this statement in the sense of you're always living in fear. You're always in fear of, of if you're going to be sick, you know, one day or not, like you never really know. And it's always part of you, but I had to make a very hard decision. Now this took me a long time to find this decision, but I made the decision that this autoimmune, yes, it's part of me, but it will not define what I can or cannot do. And that's what really helped me move forward and really help helped me adapt to all the things that I couldn't control in order to accomplish my dreams, achieve my dreams. But still today, I have to really focus on what I put into my body, um, a certain diet. I have an infusion um, that I have to get every eight weeks. So there's definitely, I, I mean, it's impacted my life forever, but at the same time, it's also led me to making the, a difference with my story. Wow. Oh, this is amazing, certainly. So if I perceive correctly, as you say, you were on the brink of death. And still now you've got to be really cognizant about how you take care of yourself. Oh, definitely. Uh, Every single day I have to, you know, health is my priority as it should be for everyone. But I don't take the healthy days for granted. And I think a lot of times we wait until we have this near-death experience or this crazy, you know, challenge in order to really appreciate what we have today. So do I dare say you might look at the importance of the gift of health differently now than you did prior to this whole episode? Oh, for sure. (laughs) I mean, of course, I'm still human where... Everything that's a a big obstacle or challenge, or even a small little obstacle that comes in your way, it's based on it's, it's relative. It's relative to what is the worst thing that's happening in your life. So if, for example, something's going on in my business that is like, oh, I'm so upset. I didn't get the deal or something went, you know, didn't go through or whatever may happen. Or I post on social media and only, you know, a few people see it then if that's the worst thing that's happening to me that day, I'm still human where of course I'm going to, you know, be like, oh my gosh, this is such a challenge or whatnot. But I have to continuously remind myself as we all do that of what's important and, and, and have that perspective on things. So it's helped me stop, take a moment, take a breath and be like, does this really matter long-term? And if I'm healthy, my loved ones are healthy. I mean, everything, everything's going to be okay. Ah, what a great attitude, certainly. Now, speaking about business, we understand you started your first business at a very young age of 17. We're very curious, Alexa, 
What type of business was it? So at 17 years old, I started a business designing jewelry for an LA-based fashion company. And the way that I got into that was I was school shopping with my mom. I saw this graphic tee with uh, a picture of uh, like a hand making the peace sign. And the palm was a shape of uh, the continent Africa. And I read the hang tag and it said how this company was focused on using fashion to build schools in different parts of Africa to make these villages self-sustainable. And I loved fashion. I always thought I would work in fashion and I loved what they were doing. And so I bought the t-shirt. I looked up the company and I saw that they only had a few products. I saw big celebrities sporting the t-shirt like Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Zac Efron. And so I emailed the company on their contact page. This was back in 2009. Wow. And, and I, um, And I just said that I was like, really loved what they were doing. Maybe I can design jewelry for them. And I followed up, followed up, followed up until four months later, I finally got a response, set up a conference call with the founder. I don't know if she knew I was only 17 years old at the time. And I ended up becoming the sole licensee to design jewelry under my own label using their logo and donating a percentage of proceeds to their cause at 17 years old. Wow. What a great relationship. Uh, What a great deal that you struck with them, certainly. Mm -hmm. Now, are there some lessons you learned from all of this that you might want young girls to know? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest lesson is to have confidence in yourself. I think confidence is imperative to success. And confidence and energy is kind of like the pixie dust to achieving everything that you want. And understand that confidence is a skill. And just like any skill, it can be learned. So people think, oh, I'm not confident right now. I'm not a confident person. There's no such thing as you're, you're not born with confidence. You, you learn it. And, and, and sometimes it's, it's easier for others. But I was very shy growing up. And I had to learn how to gain the skill of confidence. And so that's my, that's my biggest piece of advice is learn it now because that's what's going to propel you forward. That's what's going to help you believe in yourself, help other people believe in you. And there's so many different ways to build the skill of confidence. And two of the easiest ways is through repetition and knowledge. When you repeatedly do something, you're going to be more confident doing that. Just like if, if the first time you play a sport or the first time you pick up an instrument, you're less confident than the 50th time you play that sport, the 50th time you pick up an instrument. So if you aren't confident public speaking, if you aren't confident going in for a job interview, if you aren't aren't confident on social media or, you know, asking someone out on a date or, you know, networking, whatever it may be, the more you repeatedly do something, especially if you want it, the more confident you'll become, but you can't give up on yourself too soon. We've been doing this show for now over 15 years. It's a very special year for us. And you're the first guest who's ever mentioned confidence being a skill. I had always just assumed it was inbred. And like, I I don't have, uh, what do you call that, swagger. I think (laughs) you're either born with it or you're not. But what you're saying is that, Alexa, if I understand correctly, Confidence is a skill that we can learn and that we can grow and develop. Exactly. Wow. Oh, that's really very, very enlightening. No doubt about that. 
Now, at some point uh, in your story, again, it's so, so fascinating. You had some really big plans that kind of didn't turn out the way that you wanted. But this led you to a few people, we understand, whose influence really changed your life. Share with us a little about how this all occurred, please. With uh, different people that I've met along the journey. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you had a couple of failures and this led to a couple of mentors, maybe, or some relationships that, uh, that, that might've come out of the blue, certainly. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely have met so many different people along this journey and it's all come from just putting myself out there. So when I was in college, I was growing a blog called Hello Perfect. And this blog I started because I wanted to learn the skill of confidence and I wanted to instill confidence in other women and young and girls. And so when I was growing this blog, I started this campaign called the perfect is movement. And it was to redefine perfection. And I just didn't want this word perfect to be causing people self-doubt in the back of their mind. And so when I was growing this, I started asking people their definition of perfect. And I ended up running into different celebrities, influential people. And then I, I, I started to learn the skill of confidence myself. But some of those people were Mark Cuban, who I kept up some relationship with, uh, Mark Jacobs, Steve Madden, Shaquille O'Neal, Rebecca Minkoff. And believe me, I was so nervous talking to these people, but the more I did it, the more confident I became. And then also my blog grew at the same time because of that uh, connection with influential, credible people. And so that really taught me how to speak up, really taught me the power in thought leadership. And that led to so many different mentors and, uh, incredible individuals that I've had the privilege of getting to know and, and some becoming close friends of mine throughout this journey. There's one name that especially just rang out to me when the Mark Cuban, yeah, the fabric frame. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness, that is amazing. <laughs> so you know Mark Cuban, and he is a business partner of yours. It sounds like you someone who's mentored you, or you've uh, had some interaction with him. Yeah, uh, not, not I wouldn't say partner, but uh, early on, he definitely uh, gave a lot of mentorship uh, when uh, I had these two crazy uh, encounters with him, and it led to a further connection. Wow. Oh, that's incredible. No doubt about that. Now, if I understand again correctly, you started a women's empowerment community that really helped save your life when you live streamed your illness. Yes. So, well, tell us more about this, please. Well, one came before the other. So when I was not healthy enough to leave my apartment, I started live streaming. And I just felt like this had to happen. My near-death experience, this autoimmune had to happen for a reason. And I thought the reason may be to share my story, but I wasn't healthy enough to get out there in public. So I started live streaming from my bed and I woke up every morning and started live streaming with this morning motivation show. And the days that I didn't feel motivated, I started to share vulnerably with my audience. And the more vulnerable I was, the more my audience grew. 
And that really showed me the power and vulnerability in authenticity. And as I started to get healthy, I really wanted to connect with these people that I was meeting online in person and create this really supportive community. And I started to speak in the, at other people's events. And the more I spoke, the more I saw the need for a community of diverse women, of women of different ages, backgrounds and industries. There wasn't anything out there. Everything was very excluded based on your age, based on your industry, or even based on your demographic. And so that's what ignited the idea for Women in Power X to really create a diverse and inclusive community of women who value collaboration over competition. And we started uh, back in South Florida when I was living there at the time, hosting our first event. And my first event had over 1,500 people show up. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's amazing. I'm still trying to process. You're not feeling physically well. And you could have just pulled the covers over your head and given up. And instead, you live stream and start talking about how you're feeling and even sharing when you're not feeling so well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean. Courage for this, Alexa. uh, That's a good question. I would say uh, my courage really sprang from my passion and from from curiosity. I mean, I, when I lost all hope that things could get better because there's no cure for this autoimmune, I exchanged hope for curiosity, which is a, a chapter in my book, Adaptable, about how to do this because curiosity is so powerful. And I became so curious to what may happen if I don't give up, what may happen if I go live one more time. If I share one more story, if I pitch myself one more time and, and really this curiosity has helped propel me in my career, uh, through everything because it's challenging. It's hard. I mean, obstacles follow obstacles. We've, you know, when you're chasing after anything meaningful to you, it's going to be scary. It's going to be hard, but if you are really focused on, on being curious of what may happen, if you don't give up, then that's where that resilience comes in. That's where that uh, fuel comes in to keep going, even when you feel like you're just getting knocked down again and again. This is one of the things that really attracted us to this great book was not only the title adaptable, but the subtitle, how to lead with curiosity. Mm -hmm. You don't see curiosity talked about much, but you really have brought to the table how it has led you Uh, to be where you are today. Now, if you don't mind, I have to take issue on something that uh, read here and heard, because you mentioned that a $5 bill changed your perspective on life and that others need to look for one other. Help me out, please, Alexa. I'm a bit skeptical here. A $5 bill change one's perspective on life. That's funny. Uh, So uh, there's... Uh, this experience that I had twice in my life where $5 presented itself and it changed the moment that I was, it changed my perspective on certain things. So the first time this happened, I was living in New York city. I was just recently diagnosed with this autoimmune. I was struggling with post-traumatic stress after near death experience. I was now grad. I now graduated from college 
And I knew that I couldn't live in New York city anymore because I, I was too sick. It wasn't a place to get healthy. I needed support from my family who was back in South Florida. And I was just in a very, very dark place. And one evening I decided to leave my apartment and go for a walk. And my feet led me to uh, Times Square, which when you live in New York City, you never go to Times Square. <laughs> but I just found myself going, like walking through Times Square. There were so many people everywhere. And I was so in my head, always like just thinking about the past, about the future, about fear. And I looked up for a moment and I saw all of the lights, all of the energy I felt. And I remember a moment when I first visited New York City, because it was always my dream to live there when I was just 10 years old. And, and I felt like this moment where I'm going to make decisions for myself. I'm going to take back control of my life. And at that moment, I just stopped thinking about the past or the future. And I was just present. And I lo I just looked ahead of me and there was a $5 bill laying on the, the street. And everyone's just rushing past, you know, walking super fast. And I lean down and I pick up this $5 bill. And as I picked up this $5 bill, a wave of emotion of, of feeling came over to me. Like God was telling me everything's going to be okay. Oh my goodness. Now, a few months later, now I moved home from New York city. I was living in South Florida. I spent my days with my mom going in and out of doctors, trying to find something to heal me. I was so fed up after this one doctor's appointment because every doctor I went to integrative Western Eastern holistic, everything, everybody had a different remedy. Everybody had different advice. And I just went to like my 10th, 15th, 20th doctor, who knows at that point. And I walked in and he said, everything I was doing was wrong. Oh. And it was just so discouraging. And at this moment, like at this time, I was listening to every doctor. I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't eat fish, uh, gluten, dairy, meat, uh, fruit, oh sugar. Oh. Yeah. So it was like no way to live. And my mom saw, you know, I was really upset after this doctor's appointment. She's like, let's go out to a restaurant, like where we were. So I'd go to this restaurant, but I looked at the menu. I wasn't able to eat anything. And this was like more than just like removing one little thing from a meal. Oh. Cause, um, my autoimmune is all with the digestion. And so I was so, I was like, this can't be the answer. This can't be the way to heal my myself. And I was just so fed up. And I had this moment that I was like, I'm going to take back control of my own life. And I'm going to listen to each doctor, but take only what resonates with me and what I feel is right from each doctor. And at that moment, I just felt like a huge weight was lifted from this decision. And I ordered something from the menu and I was super happy, had a great meal. And then I walked into the bathroom at this restaurant before we left. And on the floor is a $5 bill. Oh my goodness. Nobody's in the restroom. Nobody just walked out of the restroom and I pick up this $5 bill. And again, that same feeling came over me. Like everything's going to be okay. Oh, now I shared this story with a spiritual friend of mine at the time as part of this like book club. And, um, she's a spiritual leader in South Florida. And when I shared this story, the same story with her, she said, Alexa, do you know what the, the five represents number five? And 
she holds out her hand with her palm, you know, facing me fingers spread. And she said, I was like, no, I don't know what it means. And she said, five represents the hand of God. Mm. Certainly does. Oh, God's hand all over you, Alexa. No doubt about that. Now you speak about creating one's comeback story, C-O-M-E-B-A-C-K. Can you share a little bit about this please with us? Yeah. So I know like everybody has a comeback story and, and basically what it means is that you use your past struggles, your obstacles to fuel you forward and become the person you're meant to be. It's so easy to allow past challenges, struggles, trauma to define you and to hold you back. But I believe that our obstacles can do one of two things. They can hold us back or fuel us forward. And the decision's always up to you. And so I developed this uh, comeback story where you start to use your past challenges or current challenges to create this story that you tell yourself to show that you are strong enough to move through, move forward any challenge that comes. And so the way that I do it, and I, and I list it out in the book, it basically has you write out certain parts of, uh, your challenges, your obstacles, the opportunities, the message you want to share with the world. And, and through that exercise, you now have developed your own comeback story that you can read anytime you're dealing with something that's challenging. Oh, absolutely. Amazing. Certainly. Now, something else you've gone on record stating is the key question is not, will I die, but rather did I live? Mm -hmm. What's this all about? What do you mean by this, Alexa, please? So when I was in the ICU, um, I never had the thought, uh, did I, did I, uh, die? Like I, I just, that thought never came to mind, even through the experiences that I had. And, um, it was very much like the visualizations going, you know, through this, this time where they gave me a 1% chance. I didn't know what was going on at this time. Of course I was in a coma, but when I woke up and when I was through this experience, I never thought, did I die? Like, but the question that kept on coming up, especially right after I woke up from the coma was, did I live? And, and what I meant by that was, did I live my life when I had the opportunity to live it or did I take it for granted? And I think a lot of times we're so afraid of dying yet. We're forgetting that the fear should be like right now, are you making the most of your life? Boy, that's a beautiful, beautiful question. I know I need to ask myself that, and I have a good feeling our listeners do as well. Now, sorry to say, time's getting a bit short, but we still have some important questions to ask you. Some people would say that new female founders are, quote unquote, the underdog. I don't know about you, Alex, I love underdogs, but what strategies can these underdogs use to find power and be in power? I love a good underdog story. So um, I would say the, the best way to empower yourself and empower others and, and rise above the noise and become the underdog story of success 
is to use your voice to make an impact and use your voice to promote what you care about. And your voice is the most powerful marketing vehicle there is. And so I really, really challenge female founders to speak more, speak on every platform, whether it's podcasting, radio, social media, recording videos, stages, um, through workshops, the more that you use your voice, the more you will create a deeper connection with your audience. And that is the only way to rise above the noise is through your authenticity because no one is you. And that is your power. We're all focused on like, how do I stand out? How do I get more followers? How do I attract more clients to my business, more customers? Uh, do I need to advertise? Do I need to do this? But the, your main point of differentiation is yourself. And I've grown my entire company through speaking, speaking anywhere and everywhere possible. Uh, organic marketing. It's, it's literally the most powerful marketing vehicle there is because again, it creates that no like, and trust factor. It helps you position yourself as a thought leader. It helps you really create uh, a reputation and brand for yourself that no matter what happens in the sense of your business can fail, the economy can crash, a pandemic can happen and you can have, have to pivot. If people trust you, they'll go wherever you go. And I've seen that to be true. I mean, from my bracelet business to a live streaming show on Periscope, to a cookbook, to now my book adaptable, to events, to my courses. I mean, I've had, a, the, my audience has followed me and purchased things from me through everything I've done because they, they trust me. Oh, not surprising at all. That's for sure. We're at the tail end of Women's History Month. Would you care to share a thought as to maybe what this month of March has meant for you, Alexa? Uh, this month always is a, it represents so many different things, but for me, it just represents like represents the power in women and the power in the collective force and really not just women, but I always say like our company is by women for all because it, it, it is, uh, it's something that we all need to be focused on in order to make any impact. And so this month is about highlighting women from our past that have done incredible things to help us have the opportunities we have today, as well as highlighting the women of today and, and our future generation. And then of course, supporting one another and knowing that there's enough room for all of us to be successful. You're certainly one of those women of today we need to celebrate and to say thank you to for all your great work and your perseverance. We've saved the most important question for last, uh, Alexa. From where can our loyal listeners purchase Adaptable? How to lead with curiosity, pivot with purpose, and thrive through change? How can they best follow you, please? So you can purchase Adaptable anywhere books are sold. Uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, books a million target.com, uh, any, any, anywhere books are sold online and, uh, in stores. And then to connect with me, uh, check me out on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube at Alexa Rose Carlin. Listeners, no excuse adaptable. This book is all over the place. Pick up a copy for yourself. It'll be life-changing. Pick up a copy for someone that you love and share the good. You know, as we as Franciscans, we don't hold on to the good, we share the good. And this is certainly a book that is full of wonderful good. 
that's for sure. And you've got uh, social media to follow Alexa on as well. And then when you're done buying this book and following Alexa, don't forget about us, please, here on Thank God for Monday. We're on the Tweet, Tweet, Facebook, uh, Instagram, now even on LinkedIn and TikTok. So please, please follow us as well. Suggestions, comments, questions, et cetera, et cetera. We love to hear from you. Alexa Carlin, author of this fabulous book, Adaptable. Thank you so very much for being with us today and thank God for Monday. Yes, you've enlightened us. Much more you've inspired us. Our motto here at Seton Hall is hazards at forward, advance despite difficulties. What a fabulous role model you are of advance despite difficulties and help us really put a bow on the celebration of Women's History Month. We wish you continued health, joy, satisfaction, and also just continued great success in all this fabulous work, this writing, this teaching, these courses, all this wonderful work that you do. Thank you so much. Listeners, guess what? Once again, we're out of time. Greg saying our hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday morning, just like Alexa does, you'll say, thank God for Monday. <laughs>